Welcome to the second part of the podcast episode about Mia Habib Productions' solo collage, How to Score. My name is Elin Grinacker from Black Box Theater. And my name is Jonas Ørn from Dansens Hus. In the first episode, we spoke to Mia Habib, Julie Niosh and Tommy Noonan, who will show their solos at Black Box Theater. In this part, we are talking with Tommy Hector Mamikela, Felice Sisanli, and Thais De Marco. Tommy Hector Mamikela is a dancer and choreographer, born and raised in Soweto. His work touches on cultural ideas about masculinity, taboos around sexuality, and racial issues. In his piece, How to Save You from Yourself, Tommy presents scars of colonial terror as a bodily monument. We asked him questions about his relationship to the word community and how he uses this in his art practice. We want to talk about or ask you about community. And yeah. we don't have that word in Norwegian or Uh, it doesn't cover the same as in English. So I would like first to, to ask you, what does that word mean for you? Oh, it's a very difficult question. But in my language, community means umpagati. So umpagati consists of two two things. Um means it's a, it's a locative prefix. And Kati, it's time. It deals with space and time where where those people are inside. And also umpagati, it's 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 a metaphor. It's not it doesn't only deal with the idea of outside, like pagati means inside. So umpagati is a is this idea of meeting from inside to outside, you know. So What is a community for me? A community consists of people who who are collectively in the same space and they have a culture and they have different traditions and practices within that community. And those individuals and families and people that form a community respect each other. And also a community is a place of learning. Mm. Learning things that you know, learning things that you don't know, Uh, being exposed to knowledge and uh, ideas that you are not, you've never heard of, that you've never encountered in your own personal space or from your family. And uh, I resonate a lot with the word community because where I'm from, when I'm when a when a child is born, uh, we say the child doesn't belong to his or her family. The child belongs to the community mm. <laughs> because, you know, uncles and grandparents from the community, they will give you money to go to the shops or they will give you something so that you can go fetch something. So this idea you are working for the community with your ability, mm. with the things that you can, you apply what you can, the way you can, and according to your ability. And it's about Community is about function. It's about functionality. And especially in a way, how can I put this? You are surrendering your life for other people who cannot do something. When you are in the position of doing it, then 
does the service that you give to these people of of Kati, of time that cannot be able to do what you can. Maybe you are faster in your feet, you are faster in your mind, you can process. Maybe you read a lot. Maybe you have a lot of literature stored in you and then you can share knowledge, you can share all these things. So that's that's a community for me. And community is about sharing. Mm. It's about functionality. It's about sharing. It's about caring. And um, it's about understanding. That's the most important thing. It's about understanding. You know, people... We live in a world where people decide to misunderstand each other. And now it's a trend to misunderstand each other. So it's a political kind of like um, uh, tool to misunderstand people uh, so that you can create a debate, so that you can create uh, the subjectivity that you can talk around. You know, So where I'm from, it's not like that. It's not like that. If there's a disagreement, we need to go to the anatomy of the disagreement. How did the disagreement came about? And then people would sit down according to the hierarchy. We sit according to the hierarchy, children, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, grandparents, grandmas, grandpas, chiefs, leaders of the community. And we sit and we talk about this problem that has transpired without swearing, without, of course, we have to listen to the emotional effect, the emotional factor of other people. And then they've been given time. And when they talk, they're not disturbed because they have to pour out how they feel, uh, what kind of effect that problem has had in their own lives, in their in their psyche also. So the, so, so the word community for me, it's very, very, very important. I don't use it as a, how can I put this? I don't use it as a, as a word, as a passing by word. No. 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 So it sounds like a collective intelligence where you put time into it. Mm. Yeah, you could say that, collective intelligence. So is community work or the idea of a community, is that a vital part of your artistic work and practice? Yeah. I mean, I think people have to understand where I come from. I come from South Africa and I grew up in apartheid South Africa. So from the moment I was born in the 80s, um, I, I was brought up into this community of people fighting for their survival. So already politics played part in my upbringing, you know, so in terms of this famous known black and white um, non-black, non-European ideas, you know. So I grew up with this kind of like ideas and I grew up in a community that taught me how to be, how to be, how not to be like the other who's in a negative space and who's creating a negative vacuum for you, uh, for your existence, for your establishment, you know. So I, I grew up in a community where where we were taught not to think like, oppressors 
because we were oppressed. I grew up with the people that were oppressed and they were, I mean, they were not self-reliant in a way they could not, they didn't have political power. They didn't have political, I mean, political power, it's deciding, it's, it's decisions, it's power of making decisions. It's power of being able to participate at the highest level on the global context. So these people, they didn't have that power. They only had themselves. And they had the observers of the world uh, from Europe and other places who were kind of like vocal with them to say what is happening to these people in this region, it's wrong. The government there should think, uh, should rethink how they treat people and all this kind of things, you know what I mean? And it is vital for my work. I will tell you an interesting story. Originally, I'm not a dancer. I joined dance around 97, 98, just uh, three three years into post-apartheid. So by then I was was playing cricket. And of course, uh, we had encounters with like, uh, and also you should remember that cricket is a white sport, predominantly. It's a white sport, you know? And also... It's controlled racially, politically, economically, and socially. So it was hard for me to to even make it at the highest level in the sport, even though I was that good. You know what I mean? So during the this towards the dismantling of or towards the idea of integrating other races into the sport, I went to a dance studio to take a class. So there, it was the first time I came close face to face with white people and touching, hacking, lifting each other and all this kind of things in my community, in my community. So in a way, joining dance as a medium kind of like saved me from this other way of thinking about whiteness and white people, especially in terms of where I'm from, also in terms of the apartheid culture and the apartheid psychology and all this kind of thing. So in a way, uh, the therapeutic uh, aspect of my life came through dance. And after joining it, after my first class, I quit dance. I, I quit sport immediately. And then I continued and I continued with this, um, with, with live performance art on stage and all this kind of things. How did you develop your project in How to Score? And how did you develop it together with your community? We have discussed the word community now, but I am using it again. Of course, they are very important right now in terms of the global political context. But are these topics important to me and also in terms of where I'm from? You know what I mean? So I had to look at um, I had to look at the project with fragments from a pragmatic point of view, you know, so I had to fragment the document into tiny pieces. And then after reading the document, and I selected few statements 
that were written on the document that I kind of liked as a person and also that I think resonated with me more in terms of uh, dealing with this um, with this idea, you know, pin how to die, because also you need to understand that we we have just entered into the pandemic. So what was important in Europe, it was not what was important in Africa or in other countries, you know, where I'm from, people continued to strive for their lives when it was locked down. People didn't have food, didn't have money. So how are they going to survive? How are they going to live? The idea of death during this time. And also what I call, I don't know if this is the right term to use or not, but also as a, as a tool of fear to say, by the government or government to say a lot of people are dying, but when we go to the statistics of death, of recording death and recording death, in the entire, uh, during the entire frame, time frame of the pandemic, we actually had more, less deaths in our country than the last 23 years mm-hmm. or 24 years, actually. Yeah. So, so all this kind of thing. So we had to stay home. People can cannot go out. People cannot even think for themselves. People cannot imagine things. So already they have been taken in a way. We are in a circumstance that is taking us back into this idea of just the, 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 the regime that we came from. You know what I mean? So now it comes in a form of a disease. It comes in a form of something else. So people... Our people haven't had time to think and to process and also to create their own cultural studies and write their own intellectual or or participate in their own way of thinking and making it academically. So we haven't reached that level yet. And also the fact that Mia was dealing a lot with these protests and all these kind of things. I've been protesting since I was little in my life, since I was five years old. I was part of, not even five years to be quite honest, since I was about six months. Like when, when my mom would join protests, she would, you know, put me at her bag, you know, with a blanket or something, and then they would go there. So all my life I've been part of protest. I've been part of protest that deals with injustices and all this kind of things. The last question is actually about your project in connection with the whole project, how to score. And you have mm-hmm. already covered this, but can you <clears throat> just give like a short insight in your project, in the whole project? Like maybe more specific on your own project? How to save you from yourself. The, the title says it all in a way, how to save you from yourself, how to save me from myself and how to save myself from all this, uh, nonsense, like all these things that don't make sense to myself. You know what I mean? There's a famous quote that says, either you stand up for something or die for nothing. And the fact that you are here, you are already dead. It's just that the event haven't taken place yet. It's experiential and it's practice. It's something that you live. It's it's not theory. It's not theory. I mean, when you from when you from I'm I make an example, if you from if you live in Amazon, 
and they're chopping down trees there. That's that's what you are experiencing. There's there's no theory around that. It's 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 something that it's connected with your soul, with your body, with your mind, and everything. The critical aspect of my work it's practice. It's not theory. Mm. I'm not from a theoretical school of thought or theoretical aspect of things in life, but I'm from a practical point of view of life because everything that I've encountered in in my life, it's in me, it's in my molecules, it's in my DNA, it's in my blood, it's in my sweat, and and also there's this beautiful piece that I do in, in How to Save You From Yourself. When I when I start to play with my sweat, when I, when my sweat becomes an artwork, an artwork of labor, an artwork of death, an artwork of, of hope, uh, an artwork of thought, an art piece of, of imagination. I come from physical, mental, emotional, spiritual experience. And my my work it's it's based on that. Filiz Sisanli is a Turkish dance artist and choreographer with a background in architecture. Her interest for dance, movement and choreography focuses on the essentials of the body's relation to architecture, gravity and concepts of space and game, but also complex notions of memory and imagination. Her solo, like a rolling stone, focuses on the choreographic echoes of aging. Phyllis came together with non-dancers aged 65 plus, exploring creative ways of moving and caring collectively. In the project, she asks, which part of the body ages first? Our heart, our eyes? And is there a sequence for this? She sees how a society builds the body, how a sense of community is formed in the body, how the community balances its rhythm and how this rhythm reflects on the body. Like a Rolling Stone is a performance in two parts. The first part is processing the experience of an elderly body and what age can mean. A kind of an echo of coming to age. The second part is a mix of an after talk and a lecture where she goes through the project and the process for the audience. As she has a background from architecture, she sees the score as something she could build from. But not with objects or material. She used words, building embodiment from these words, mixing this with somatic practices that she taught her community. The score mentions the term intuitive building. And here Felice describes what that means. So intuitive building, it was an open, like how it's an, it's a common action somehow to build up a space, a space to meet, a space to discuss, a space to, to be together, actually. And I took this intuitive building with uh, words. So I said, instead of using objects to, in, to make a structure, I worked with words. 
in the methodologies that I already used before. So it was an intuitive building with words. And uh, also I asked from them, bring their objects from their uh, life, like a memory object, and that is something makes value to them. So uh, we also worked with uh, their memory objects. And the third, we also tried things with the with their bodies, how they put their bodies, how they uh, bring the ideas of image with their body into the intuitive building. Thais de Marco, originally from Sao Paulo in Brazil, is a queer theatre director, choreographer and teacher based in Amsterdam. She is a shaman in the Candomblé community in Brazil. Thais's work often centers around criticizing Western cultural institution and the capitalist art market. In her solo, The Wake, she uses aspects from popular culture to create ambivalence and an artificial ritual. Thais worked for six years with projects for the only theatre in a neighbourhood with one of the highest rates of state genocides in Latin America, on question around state violence. The research on power issues was shared worldwide in the Americas, West Africa and in Iran. We don't have that word in Norwegian or uh, something that covers, I think, the English word community. Can you explain what community means for you? We don't actually use this word in Portuguese either. I'm born in a traditional Afro-Brazilian community. (laughs) I think this is how we use the term is more for traditional communities or things that are fractured by post-colonial environments or structures. I need to confess that I struggle a lot about how the word community has been used in Anglo-Saxon cultures. Like It makes me very uncomfortable when I am in hyper-neoliberal environments where people are acting purely for profit and interest. And a lot of times tokenism, hyper-representativity, and then it seems that the word community is used to legitimize something that is really for sale or that is really integrated in an environment that is like um, market oriented. But then the word community, it seems that brings some form of legitimacy to whatever you are doing for yourself, even if you don't have political background or groundwork in other places. Is community work a central and a vital part of your? No, not really. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. It was something that you were uh, confronted with in this work then, with Mia's project. No, I think just my concept of art uh, can be placed within what is called community work. But for me, I'm not doing community work. I'm just doing the art that makes sense for me and for the planet. And also, like, performing arts comes from the legacy of public arena, a performance is a moment of debate. It's very recent in history that the audience is silenced 
consuming something. Uh, performing arts were uh, historically was never a space of pure consumption of products, but it's a public arena for public debates where everybody can participate. The art market for me is not art making. So that's immediately if someone is confused about what art is within the frame of gore capitalism, then they might call me community work because they think products and new liberal radical form of art is art in itself. I'm curious how you developed your project So I wanted to first uh, do it with the community of queer artists of Sao Paulo and the institutions, art institutions in, in Brazil They that work with contemporary arts. They are very classist and they are dominated for some form of radical aristocratic mafia that is very oriented to copy European works and they support very little um, something that doesn't want to look like European mainstream art. I did my project a little bit in reaction to the score. It's um, like a maroon community, traditional community, a cultural center of Afro-Indigenous Brazilian traditional practices. I made a parallel with the with a party, a traditional party that's called Acheche. And the Acheche is the party of the death for dead people. It's like the uh, form of wake that can take seven days or three days. The duration of this Acheche, once someone dies, can go up to 21 years. So after 21 years is the last time that people celebrate um, someone's death. So I made like a parallel between the score and this traditional ritual that's called Acheche. There is a decision I made that is politically important and that is like I'm not going to exoticize myself. And I have been kind of holding myself back in my art practices to touch on some subjects and some th thematics because I didn't want to take the risk of exoticizing or tokenizing myself to uh, have access to European dance networks, um, which this is very common and often is the only way for immigrants to access the contemporary dance European networks is if you accept to exoticize yourself. And so Mia helped me a lot on how to, touch on these questions because then Mia would come to me when I would present this concern and she would say, yeah, but if you don't, if you, with your political background, with your ethnical uh, background, with your history, refuses to talk about those subjects, who is going to talk about the subjects? You know, actually, if I only refuse to take this space, I actually leave more space for tokenism and exotification. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Jonas. Ciao. Ciao.